right, we're going. All right, welcome back. This is Two Beards in a Bible. I'm John Swaino. I'm Dave Tenney. And we're glad you're with us. We are at John 14. First six verses, you say? Yes, sir. All righty. Let's see. Starting John 14, at verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Have you ever been to the Biltmore? No. Boy, that place is unbelievable. <laughs> That's a mansion. Right. Right. Is, is that what he's talking about here, you think? No. <laughs> no. That's what I was afraid of. I, 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 <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, so one of the, and I don't remember which one it was, but one of the one of the uh, uh, translations says dwelling place. Yeah. In fact, I, I wrote down that. And another translation says, a, a, or not a translation, but one of the definitions of that Greek word is abode. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is, is that, you know, uh, there's some permanent place for us. Right. I think that's what the idea of that is. And, I, you know, the, the word mansion might have been chosen because it's going to be a nice place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It'll be a place of, of great comfort, uh, you know, that, that is uh, uh, going to be a lot different than, yeah. than what we know here. And, well, you know, an, an old term, especially like an old English term, for a, for a house was a manse. Oh, M-A-N-S-E. Okay. So that, you know, that's probably where that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and having a, and that wasn't necessarily like Biltmore or where we live, Stan Hewitt. Right. You know, another giant, Stan Hewitt's where, uh, what, the founder of Goodyear lived. F.A. Cyberling. Yeah, yeah. And that's a big old fancy place. Too. Yeah. Beautiful, if you ever get a chance to go through it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, you know, I've always had, like, always kind of bugged me. We, we sing that song, you know, I've got a mansion. <laughs> you know, so. Right. Uh, but, like, it's almost like, you know, uh, oh, I, oh, I want to, I'm going to live in Biltmore when I get to heaven. Right. And, I, and I think that's a, that's a common way of thinking uh, for many is that they, they think in worldly terms. Yeah. Just the same as the disciples were thinking back then. You know the the apostles they they still had trouble wrapping their head around the the what the the kingdom is yeah and uh, and yeah the same way there's a there's a song that is I'm going to use the term in air quotes contemporary Christian yeah and there's a song I don't even remember who sings it but but it talks about all these wonderful things in heaven and it's talking about playing basketball yeah. with Jesus and, and and having playing games and having fun and the Jews didn't play basketball. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they that was unknown. Right, right. And and and, and you know that just doesn't even come close to to describing the, the the glory that heaven will be. We can't we don't have words for it. 
No. So we just need to know that it's going to be a great place. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, there are some descriptions, like I think in uh, Revelation, one of the, like Revelation chapter 21, somewhere back there, there's kind of a, a description of heaven. But again, I think heaven's one of those, and like when you read it, um, oh, it's in, uh, yeah, it's in 21. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, it says, I saw, he says, but I, he talks about the new Jerusalem. I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb were its temple. Jesus, and he says, he says, the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut. And all by day there should be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall be no, by no means enter into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination, abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And then he goes on and he talks about the river of life and all of these different things. And uh, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not literal language. Uh, in fact, here's 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 what I was looking for uh, in uh, Revelation 21, uh, like verse 15. It says, "And he talked with, and he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. Its city is laid out as a square, and its length as great as breadth. And he measured the city of the reed twelve thousand furlongs. Its length and breadth and height are equal. And he measured its wall one hundred and forty-four cubits." according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel, and all of these different things and the construction of the wall. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe this is like literal right. language. It's all figurative language. It's talking about this enormous, just un- huge place. Right. Like I remember figuring out like this 12,000 furlongs. Mm-hmm. I believe that's like, you know, the size of the United States, you know, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's some huge, huge number, right? I remember, I, I, it's been years, but I remember figuring that out. The, the whole point being, you know, that it's that it's going to be a beautiful place using all that, yeah, all those, uh, you know, if looking back there at the uh, the construction of its wall was of jasper in verse eighteen. The city was pure gold, like clear glass. The foundations of the wall in the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. You know, it's painting a picture in our minds of yeah. a beautiful place. Yes. Yeah. And that's... It's one of those things. It's like, it, it's... Uh, I think it's was it's beyond what we can describe in human words. Right. I mean, it's and, like... go Try to describe what the Grand Canyon looks like if you've ever been there. It's a great big ditch. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's... You right. can't describe it right. with words. Right. You know, you can't describe, you know, you can't, like, you can describe Niagara Falls, mm-hmm. but it doesn't even come close to doing it justice when you see it. It's like, whoa. Right. And you when, you, when you when you factor in the context of, of the writing of Revelation, you know, it was to those that were being uh, persecuted. persecuted. And so there is a lot of that figurative language yeah. that protected them, 
So if the person carrying the letter from place to place uh, was caught, you know, a person would look at it and say, oh, what's this? Yeah. You know, so there, there's that there's that aspect to it as well. So, yeah, Re Revelation is a, is a place where uh, you, you can really boggle your mind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that has some really good... Uh, really good things for us to read in there, some very some great comfort. Yeah, and that you know, speaking of the victory of of the Lord, but uh, you know, we can't we can't possibly uh, decipher everything and come to. Wasn't it you say the story of Revelation is is God wins? Yeah, yeah basically, <laughs> that's the main, yeah. that's the bottom line. Yeah, God wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus kind of talks on something. He talks about some of this stuff. He says, "He says, you know, in my house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you." And he goes to prepare a place for us, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, he says, "I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way where I." Go, you know, and the way you know, right? So, is he? Is he? I don't think he's talking to just the apostles here. He's talking to all of us. Well, yeah, in in the context of uh, you know going going down uh, to verse six, after Thomas asked him, you know, where are you going, and and how can we know the way? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, yeah. So it, verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Yeah. So if we are, if we know Christ, the only way we can know Christ today is to put our nose into the scriptures and, yep. and learn about him. And uh, then we, we understand the way. We know the way. Yeah. I like how Thomas asks him. And Thomas is pretty honest here. Mm -hmm. He's like, uh, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? He's right. just being completely honest. Yeah, and that, you know, again, we've said it over and over again, it's lending to that physical mindset yes. that they have. You know what's interesting? Jesus says, I am the way. And you know, the early Christians referred to themselves as the those of the way, right? Yeah. Um, it's one of the... One of the scriptural names for the church. Yeah, absolutely. The way. And you can find, I'm, we're going to go there, but if you look in Acts 9-2, 22-4, and 24-14, those are three scriptures that illustrate that example of the early church being called the way. Mm -hmm. So, And that's a, a sticky business, but those words are deeper than they may appear on the surface. You know, being the way. Yeah, it's the only way. It's the only way that any man is going to come to yeah. heaven, yes. eternity is through Christ and yes. His church. He is the way, and it doesn't matter what's on the. It, well, it matters what's on the sign out front, but uh, you know, you may come across a, a group of people on this earth that may even have Church of Christ on the sign. That does not mean that they are of the way. Right. You have to investigate, and you have to compare with the scriptures to find if they are truly of the way. And you might find some other group that doesn't have any anything like that, and they may be doing all of it or most of it. Yeah, I mean, I would have to, I would have to 
believe that if someone is of the way that they would have they would come to the realization of needing a scriptural name. Yeah, I know. But, I know. There's like I, there's groups that'll put like Christians meet here. Yeah, and that's nothing wrong. Really, with that. a scriptural name too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know you can find groups under different names sometimes. Uh, right, doing yeah. the right or the wrong things. Right, right. and there are. <laughs> you know, we we have. We know that in the scriptures, you know, some groups, religious groups, were come upon by the apostles, and and they changed their ways. Yeah. You know, and, and were willing. They had an ear to hear. Yeah. You know, they they weren't the church, but they were willing to become the church. Yeah. And and uh, you know, as we go through our lives, we have to be those that are willing to be the church. Yeah. We're exactly. Willing to willing to attach ourselves to those that are going in that same direction. Yeah. Okay, so verse 7. It says, If you had known me, you would have known my Father. And also, from now on, you know him and have seen him. So he's talking about himself. You you heard that. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me. I am the Father and the Father in me, or else I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Okay, so how long has Philip been hanging around him? Yeah, a good while. (laughs) Wouldn't he want like one of the first mm-hmm. uh, disciples of Jesus? Right, and and, and there you know again we this is a, a point that is well uh, well laid down in the scriptures that you know by now you ought to you ought to be able to see this by yeah. by now you you should know and uh, and yet again it speaks to that how how far grounded we can be in the earthly things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> if you go to all the way back to John, the first chapter, in verse 43, it says, The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Mm-hmm. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Now, Philip found Nathaniel. There's an example for us there. And said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, Come and see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Philip, from the very beginning, right. he knew what was up. And now he's saying, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. Right. Jesus is like, Have you not, have you not <laughs> been paying attention? Right, yeah, that that's over and over again. We we see that playing out, and and can only imagine uh, the the thoughts of Christ. You know? Yeah, so and that's why he says, Jesus says, "Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip?" Right. He addresses him directly with this. Right. Because he's yeah. like, "Have you been paying attention?" Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, we've all had those 
conversations with people before where we just wanted to reach out and shake them and say, why don't you get it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that complicated. Right. Um, Then he talks about the father dwelling in him. And uh, can so so the father dwells in Jesus, and my thought is this is one of those going back to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So the father dwells in Jesus um, because Jesus does the Father's will, right? He says. He says, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Mm -hmm. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. I am in the Father and the Father in me. Yeah, I I go back to John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Yeah, you know, and verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, you know, the the Godhead is a is one of those to me, it's far above my pay grade. Yeah. And it just kind of tangles my mind up. But uh, you know, the Father dwells in Christ because of the word you know just the same as as christ can dwell in us through the word you know it, but but christ is god yeah. <laughs> you know having having been uh back over to colossians you know he is uh f- was fully god and fully man while he was on this earth and um so so yes they they, they dwell one with another they dwell um, one with another because their their wills are aligned. Exactly, they have the same mind. Uh, yes. You know, the 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 Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They all operate together in you know of the same right of the same mind of the same heart. And we can be in there too, right? right. Because right. and that's why like for for the Bible says that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly when our mind and actions are aligned with God's will. Mm-hmm. God is dwelling in us. Yeah. The Spirit is dwelling in us. Jesus is dwelling in us. There's there's just no getting around that there's something in the Word. When the Word is put into the heart of man, things happen yes. in, in, in a man's life. And I'm not I'm not here to, you know, I, I don't want to edge on the prosperity gospel or anything, but you know, when, when the Word of God is in in man's heart, the man then acts accordingly yeah. because they've gained the faith that comes from yeah. the Word, and they, and they act accordingly, and good things happen in their lives. You know, the, the, as far as, uh, uh, you know, how, how their life plays out. If nothing clean else. Living, yeah, clean living, your, your own um, uh, mental yeah. well-being. All of those things. Now, now, there are, of course, you can't forget that there are those that, you know, because of circumstances of geography or whatever, you know, they happen to be, you know, they they, they may live a very uncomfortable life, yeah, and yet be, be be a be a Christian. But 
you know, then that lends to the the the, the thrust of God's purpose is yeah. is eternal, not not here on this earth. Verse twelve. You want to read twelve through fourteen? Thirteen, twelve. Are we fourteen, 14 12. twelve? Yeah. I'm back at page. That was a good year. <laughs> All right, starting in verse 13. Yes. And whatever you ask... Oh, starting in verse 12, I'm sorry. Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. All right, so... So this idea here, he says, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus, make my neighbor's car break down. <laughs> he He's just rotten. <laughs> Is that what he's talking about? No. No, that's comical. Right. <laughs> Makes zero sense at all. So, so it can't be talking about whatever I ask, right? Right. Here's the thing that um, I get out of that. Uh -huh. In verse 14, it says, If you ask anything in my name, uh -huh. I will do it. So the things we ha ask have to be aligned with the will of Jesus, right? Right. <laughs> and they can't be things that Jesus would never do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... Uh, God, God would not... Take part. I mean, people people would be asking for sinful things, and uh, and obviously God would not be able to have any part of that. No, absolutely um, not. I'm going over to Matthew 18, and I think I'm in the right place. Matthew 18, 18, it says, Assuredly, I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And the reason I turned there is I thought I had a note in there. Maybe it's maybe it's somewhere else, but it it uh, that that language there is will have been bound. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. Yes, and it's because. The Father's will is eternal. The Word was there in the beginning, was with God, and uh, became flesh and dwelt among us, and John 1 there. And, and um, so it's already been established. And if we, and, and, and here we're, where they're, they're speaking, if you ask anything in my name in verse 14 of John 14, you know, by asking in his name, we, we really need to be in alignment with, his will. The will of the Father. So he's telling them, if you're if you're doing anything according to my will, in my name, you know, it's it's going to be done. Yeah. I wrote in my Bible. I wrote I wrote things that are consistent with Jesus's character and purpose. Yeah, that's the things that that we would be asked for in His name. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's you know, that's just the context of this. Yes. You know. Um. 15 it says if you love me keep my commandments mm -hmm. right after he says this right and i will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Mm -hmm. I think he's referring to what's going to happen in Acts chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Mm -hmm. I agree. You don't even know what it says, John. <laughs> Maybe you do. <laughs> Go ahead. Verse 3, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Is that where you wanted to Well, me and, to be? and of course, and in, in chapter 2, he said, in verse 2, he says, and Oh, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared on them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. I was, in, and they were, I was in chapter 1. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I was in the wrong chapter. It's okay. Smack me. It still was applicable. <laughs> um, so, you know, so when, when Jesus said he was going to send them another helper, uh -huh. that's what that's what he was talking about. Right. That's fulfilled in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit. He uses very, very, very similar language. Yeah. So, you know, he's not, so now he's talking to the apostles directly. Tells them that they need to keep his commandments. And, you know, he's not going to abandon them. He's going to send them a helper. Right. And we know that, uh, and this helper was going to help them uh, not only probably get through the tough times, also they, they there were gifts that were given, spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. And also they revealed the word. So that, I guess in some ways it applies to us too because, well, we're reading this today. Yeah, but in the like as you mentioned in the context, if you go back to chapter one and verse twenty six, and uh, if you're following along in your Bible, circle in verse twenty six the word apostles, then draw a line up through the middle of your page and go up to chapter two verse four, and, and it says and they, and the they points right back to the apostles because it, it reads, you know, uh, we don't have the separations in the original writing. The, the chapter and verse separations weren't there. This is all one letter, and it's speaking of the uh, 11 apostles, and then, and then the day of Pentecost comes, and then verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. So it, it was the apostles that received those, uh, that, that miraculous gift yes. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's, you know, so Jesus is promising that. Um, he's going to give them another helper, but in the same sense, even though the um, the the Holy Spirit doesn't uh, isn't going to light on us in tongues of fire, uh, that helper, you know, is is available to us through this revealed word that we have. Absolutely, yeah, you know, yeah. So I mean, it it it, it, it you can take it, you can apply mm -hmm. it two different ways. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, what are we on time here? Ooh, John, we're about done here. Grief. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> we better wrap her up. All righty. All right. Well, 
then uh, thanks for joining in. Uh, hopefully, uh, you've learned something. I know I've learned something today. Me too. Um, and we look forward to getting together with you again. If you have questions or comments, please let those be known. Uh, like, subscribe, follow along with us as, as much as you are willing to. We'd be glad to uh, be, be glad to continue our discussions with you. If you have questions, uh, feel free to email us. With that being said, we'll see you later. Yep, thanks.